Welcome to the Flipping Genius Podcast. Flipping Genius is all about buying and selling vehicles for a substantial profit. Now, you've probably seen those shows on TV about flipping real estate for big profits. Maybe you thought, hey, that'd be great. But maybe you don't have the money or the time. Well, cars can be flipped for a lot less money, and often the margins are even better. And I'm here to show you by example that you don't have to be a mechanical expert to make this an incredibly lucrative side hustle or even your full-time income source. I'm Randy Lee. I'm the host of Flipping Genius. I got into the car business about 11 years ago, and my business has grown from a side hustle to a successful used car dealership here in the great state of Alabama. Each week, we bring our podcast to you with the goal of sharing more ways of helping our listeners make money. Sometimes, I'll bring along expert guests and fellow flippers to add to what I bring to the table. And along the way, we'll share a system that has proven successful for over a decade. And as we present our methods, ideas, and systems during the show, we'll also provide opportunities for committed, consistent listeners to participate and share in our success by literally introducing these systems and strategies in their local markets. Our goal is simple. Let's work together. Let's make some money. Let's all become flipping geniuses. Hey, it's Randy Lee. This week, I had an awesome opportunity to sit down and have a conversation with Randy Jones, the CEO of the Independent Auto Dealers Association. He is going to shed so much light on so many things. I've been promising this talk. You heard about it back in episode eight. And without further ado, let's get right to the interview. Listen up. You're going to want to listen to this more than once. Uh, thank you so much for, for uh, joining me, Randy, on the Flippin' Genius podcast. Um, uh, I want to introduce our, our, our guest this week. And I'm so excited to have Randy Jones. He's the, uh, the CEO of AIADA. I can never remember those initials. Uh, Alabama Independent Automotive Dealers Association. Uh, it's a very important uh, part of, of my business, and I, and I continue to learn how much more important it is by talking to Randy or listening to him talk at, at various functions, and I, it's an honor to have you here. Um, well, I'm proud to be here, Randy. <laughs> Randy, you've been, you've been in that position for seven years, is that right? That is right, seven years. I was looking at your LinkedIn page, so it made me a little smarter. Oh, <laughs> uh, and and uh, before that, you've so you've been in the car business though for for a long time. Oh, basically, yeah. For actually, I should rephrase that, Randy. I I started out. I'm from Boaz, Alabama. Uh huh. For those of you who don't know where Boaz is, mm -hmm. back in the '60s and '70s, Paul Harvey had us on TV as one of the biggest automotive recycling centers in the nation. Mm hmm. So Paul Harvey's a, a he had traveled through Alabama and stopped because he saw all the cars on the both sides of the highway, used cars, uh -huh. and was astonished. But I'm from Boaz, so I grew up with a toothbrush in my hand and a wheeling machine in my hand. The toothbrush was to be sure we got all the wax from all the cracks, and of course a wheeler because we wanted the cars to look brand new. We'd take the top coat of paint off and make it you know shine up pretty. So that, <laughs> that's where I grew up at in the car business. Huh? That's wild. Now why I. Somebody else told me that that that, that was like the, the the capital of used cars up there on on Sand Mountain. That's Sand Mountain, right? 
That's, yeah, that's right, Sand Mountain. And and I I was I was I was out trying to sell a truck. This is an interesting thing that that, that I do. Um, I had a dream last night that I was back in the life insurance business, which is what I did right out of college. And the thing about life insurance and advertising, which I did before I got into uh, the car business, is is when you uh, in when you're selling life insurance or or advertising. You don't have to wait until you get a product to sell. You can just go out and walk in every door, pick up a phone, and call people. And I, so I think that dream was last last night was encouraged me to get off my butt and go try to sell this truck. And I, I'll do that from now and now and then if I got a vehicle that I think I can sell. I'll, I'll just go out and go door to door and just talk to business owners and say I, I got a big diesel truck right now. And uh, and, and I, I was talking to a guy like that one time, and he's the one who brought up I think his dad had been in the car business up in, in Albertville or Boaz. And he was, he told me how big it was up there. And, and I've driven a, up, we go up to Albertville a lot. I got friends in, in Boaz too. And we drove over, drive over there and there's still a lot of car lots up there. What, what is the, it doesn't seem like that many people live up there. What's the deal with that area? Over the, in the past, what we did, we would go up Chicago and Ohio and Washington and pick up cars that had rust in them, had been damaged by the salt. Ah. We'd bring them back to what was called Bundo Hill. Back then. <laughs> wow. And we, we would fix the cars up. Uh-huh. Uh, and my dad was a, a, a massive person. He would, he would take the, cut the rust out. We would uh, raise back in metal and uh-huh. then put a light coat of Bundo. But he made sure everything was brazed in where it wouldn't crack and fall off in six months or a year. Right. But that's that's where we got our name because most everybody would go up, buy two cars, dolly them back, mm-hmm. and over the week get them fixed in week ten days, sell them, and then wow. go back and get two more. And mm-hmm. if you got good, you take a driver with you. He'd bring back two also, so you got four cars. Wow. But that's what that's what happened there, and it grew from father to son to cousin, aunts and uncles, and we got more cars cleaned up, and ready to go. You had to bring more people into. Will them, detail them, get them ready. And wow. Turn into business there. Huh. I'd, I'd always thought, well, I wondered about that because I'm from Toledo, Ohio. So I I know what rusty cars look like. I, now, I've been down in the south so long that when I go up and visit my family and I see those cars just eaten by that rust. I mean, literally, it is. Rust just eats them alive. Uh, it's It shocks me now. But, you know, I grew up with that. and uh, And I wondered if there were people doing that and also doing the opposite where they come down and buy cars here and take them up North and sell them as Southern cars. Is that, is that something you've heard of? Oh yeah. That was common too. You'd go to Marshall County after you got it fixed up. We didn't do that. We had most of our buyers were local dealers mm-hmm. and they bought from us, but we had a lot of friends that did that. They'd fix them up right, go to Gunnersville and buy an Alabama tag for it. Ah. Take it back up, yes, sir. Take it back up North and sell the vehicle. Huh? Wow, this supply and demand need as usual. You got to keep your eyes open in this business. Uh, I, 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 my wife and I do a little Bible study every Sunday, and together. And yesterday we were studying, and the question was about trust, and and, and we were talking about that. And I naturally trust people. It's a funny thing. I mean, being in the car business is really funny, I suppose. But my natural inclination is to trust everybody, and even. I had a guy, a kid last week bought a car for me and he, he came up 40 bucks short on what we agreed to. And he came back from the bank with the, with all the money, but the 40 bucks. And I, 
I said, I shook his hand. I said, just mail me the 40 bucks. And you know, the crazy thing is I really thought he was going to. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way you should be. You know, you get a lot of good stuff from Bible studies and very quickly, one of the, one of my favorite things I tell our dealers in our class, I got it from uh, Beth Moore on the book of Daniel. Right. Because Daniel's a hard book to understand for me. Okay. For me, it's a hard because it's very, it's very detailed. But mm-hmm. Beth Moore, she started out the book of Daniel by saying, guys, I'm going to show you the yellow and the blue that make green, vice versa, the yellow and the green that make blue. Mm-hmm. Meaning the fact is, you know, it's like a dealership looks, you know, it's white, whatever. Mm-hmm. But what we try to do in our classes is show you the underlying factors that make that color blue, the right. yellow, the green. The, that's what makes a dealership work. And I got that from one of my Bible studies, but it all comes down to, I, you and I both have seen dealers on the side of the road have a great looking lot. They're selling cars, mm-hmm. yet they just they go out of business. Right. Everybody goes back in there and they make it work with the same type of cars. Right. It's the, the fundamentals is something we none, nobody likes fundamentals, but right. that's what makes a dealership work. Like you say, sure. you've got to be self motivated and make it go. Mm-hmm. When they hired me in the dealer association seven years ago, uh-huh. Uh, there's a guy in Aniston, he was a chairman of the board called Pokey Brimer. He's a very successful buy here, pay here dealer. Uh-huh. So Pokey met me at the door at the office and said, uh, we're thinking about hiring you to be our director. Uh-huh. I was on it. I said, wow, I'm surprised. The prior director had been there 20 some odd years and a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize he was retiring. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Pokey said, I don't want to meet you and said, say, have you heard about this? What we're going to do? And then you say, Pokey, let me go research it and get back to you. Mm-hmm. And that was the hardest challenge, Randy, I've ever made because the, talking about the AID and what they do. Mm-hmm. So we try to, I work with the government very well. I'm in Montgomery when we're in session mm-hmm. literally every day wow. because I want them to know you got to be. Mm-hmm. If they don't know, when I first started our job, like Pokey said, he'd meet one of these legislators out somewhere in the public say, you know, our director, Randy Jones, and say, who? <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and so my job was to make us have AIAD, have a presence in Montgomery. Right. So I started going to Montgomery, and it the first week was a lot of fun. And it's not, mm-hmm. I don't mean it's not fun, but it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But over the 105 days of getting the session in, is it takes a, it's a lot of work. And you're down there every day. Hmm. Uh, you're going up and down the stairs because you can't ride the elevator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've got to sit down with all the legislators, all the senators, mm-hmm. tell them what you do and, wow. and show them out of your heart and soul that you're in this for the automotive industry, the, the long run, not the short run. And you want the best for the public and the best for the business. Mm-hmm. So it takes a long time of going back and forth and talking to them and then hearing what you say and then seeing your actions in the next year. Right. So over a period of time, we have came very close with the legislators in Montgomery because they know as well as I do, our, our business survives off the public. Mm-hmm. So the public has confidence in our, our industry. They're going to buy cars from us, not go somewhere else out of state or somewhere. Mm-hmm. So we have got a great relationship in Montgomery along with Washington, D.C., we go to Washington, D.C. twice a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
Randy, you need to go one time. Let me tell you a quick thing, okay? Mm-hmm. Going to Washington, D.C. in September, you think is a, it, it's a fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. But you got to wear a suit and a tie. Uh-huh. All the buildings are probably three quarters of a mile apart. Hmm. And so if you got to go up to the second story to have a meeting, and all your meetings are done within just minutes of each other. So you got to hustle. You don't right. have time to sit around. So you can't wait on the elevators because it's always too busy. So the first time we went, we had to walk for three quarters of a mile in the humid weather in Washington, D.C. Right. With a suit tie. time I get to the building, I'm sweaty. Sure. You know? oh, and yeah. I got to walk. We thought two flights of stairs. Mm-hmm. But in Washington, D.C., their, each floor is like three stories because the high ceilings. Yeah. Wow. So, you walk up six flights of stairs to get to the second floor. You're out of breath. Long story short, it's a lot of fun. I tell the dealers that go with me that they'll enjoy it. It'll mm-hmm. be hard, but it'll be the most rewarding thing they've ever done. Every year, we invite eight to ten dealers to go with us mm-hmm. because they don't want to just see me up there. Because right. I'm not a dealer. They want to hear the dealers. They're constituents. Right. So we work very hard on doing that. Mm-hmm. We also... Randy, like in Huntsville, we'll have little uh, lunches with right. representatives of Alabama and the ones from Washington, D.C., and have eight to ten dealers come, mm-hmm. sit down at a Shoney's or somewhere, and have a quick one-hour lunch right. where we can express our needs and what we're looking for and what our customers need and right. how to protect our business. So we've been doing that for about a good five years now. Uh-huh. So this year when they, the pandemic came around, Right. The independent dealer wasn't uh, deemed essential. Mm-hmm. It literally took a phone call because mm-hmm. they knew us and they said, that's a good idea. Right. And I told them, I said, wow. I said, yeah, I said, people at the dollar store, people at Walmart, those people stocking the shelves at cashiers, they, they got to have cars. cars. Yeah. So we're as much essential as anybody wow. when we take care of these folks. So anyway, the relationships in Montgomery and Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. I guess the basic roots to where we get the bills passed and the, the stuff handled to protect our industry. Mm-hmm. And our industry is not going to protect itself. Right. And our legislators do their best job to look at a bill and pass it. But I know over the years, Randy, you're like me, you said, that was not an understandable bill they passed. Right. It didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Only reason it didn't make sense we weren't there to explain it to them. Mm-hmm. They listen to us. They right. get 400 bills a session. Right. You can't read that many bills. So huh. if they trust you and you walk in and say, this is what this bill's made for, and this is what the result is, mm-hmm. then you get a yay or nay. Mm-hmm. And usually it's a yay because we work all in a positive factor for our dealers. That's, that's it's something else, Randy. I, 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 I'm impressed every time I, I listen to you talk because I, when I joined the AIADA, it, it was for one reason. You guys give me 50 bucks back when I, when I buy a car at the dealer auto auction where I buy most of my cars and, and $50 times 12, I can do that once a month. That's $600. It costs, I think, 260 bucks to be a member. So I give you yeah. 260, they give me 600, and I do that every day of the week because that's doubling my money. So that's why I joined. And then, and, and then honestly, for a year or two, I wasn't listening. 
and and I, I I was still just doing it, and I was telling my friends, "Hey, man, you got to join because you'll double your money." And uh, and but I didn't have them anything else to tell them that, but that, and they they all thought, "Well, that can't be true," because probably because I was telling them, and they don't trust anybody. I trust everybody, uh, and and then I started listening to you, and I found out that that you are going to bat for us all the time. Now, one thing I want to point out: our, our listeners are in every state in the union and in, in uh, 11 countries total at this point. So for those of you who didn't do well in geography or, or whatever that, that course was when you learned the state capitals, our state capital in Alabama is Montgomery, and that's why Randy's going to Montgomery uh, to, to do battle for us. And that's literally, I mean, you put it nicely, but in my mind, that's really what you're doing. You're going there to do battle for us, and what a big thing that was to get us made uh, essential so we could keep doing business during this time. And you're right. It's good for the, the public, but it was good for us too. Cause we could still keep making money because you know, we got to keep making money and I uh, thank you. And well, Randy, I appreciate that very much. The auction coupon app you're talking about gets you 600 bucks a year. Mm-hmm. Nearly every auction. Right. Except two in Birmingham, mm-hmm. the two in Birmingham, they give you one of them is a thousand fifty dollars a year, and the other is twelve hundred a year. Wow! <laughs> yes, sir. You can use both of those. So there's twenty two hundred. But right. the, the reason for the auction giving you money to join mm-hmm. is because if you're buying one car a week or mm-hmm. two cars a week, mm-hmm. they they lose their dealers by dealers doing the improper paperwork and getting put out of business. Right. Right. So they want you to get to selling. They want you to keep selling two and maybe mm-hmm. get to three. So they know if you join the association and do like you started doing, mm-hmm. take, taking time to listen, come to the classes we offer all the time, which mm-hmm. is just a, a fresher class, to do the paperwork right, stay in business, get to lenders, then you're going to be more successful because our model changes literally all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. And your model is changing on your cars mm-hmm. and your location. So that's what we do at the association. Most of all, the coupon is like the ice cream on the cake. Mm-hmm. which gets your money back twice over. Right. And I, I understand dealers having uh, that thoughts and wow. But the whole idea is for you've got somebody. See, Randy, I work for you. Mm-hmm. I work, I, y'all appoint me. Y'all sign my contract. Mm-hmm. And my job is to bring better stuff back into our industry, mm-hmm. more business and more lenders and make it better here. For mm-hmm. example, um, and I may be getting off track on your questions, but, for example, mm-hmm. we every state likes lenders. You, if you sell 10 cars and you don't have any lenders, you've done mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of small guys that can't get banks because they're not a big company. They sell one or two cars a month right. or three. Mm-hmm. So we have lenders that don't cost you anything until you sell a car. Mm-hmm. But they'll put you with the right bank and you can sell that car. Mm-hmm. We also have local lenders like Lenmark, mm-hmm. other ones like that, who are attract our dealers and they'll call me and say, Randy, I'm talking to this guy. He's a dealer in Alabama. Does he come to your classes? Mm-hmm. And if I say he does participate, mm-hmm. that makes him aware that's a better dealer than somebody else because mm-hmm. like everybody else, I got to sell cars. They got to make loans. Mm-hmm. So they're sure. trying to find a perfect match. So if they know if I go to these classes and look at my business, I'm probably having a better car. Right. So right. It's going to be repo because the ta- car carries up. Mm-hmm. So it's a big cycle of life, a big, big cycle of life where one thing is tied to another, to another, mm-hmm. to another. Same right. with our business, the mm-hmm. same thing. So that's what I do. I try to group all that together 
And for example, now your association is the fifth largest independent dealer association in the nation. Wow. In the nation. Mm -hmm. Now, to give you a heads up on that, Metro Atlanta has more dealers than Alabama. So does New York City, so does San Diego, so does Houston, sure. and so does Dallas. Mm -hmm. So for us to be the fifth in the nation, we we got a lot of people like you that want to do it right. Right. But since that has happened, for example, Cuddle pulled out nationwide on the used car dealers. That's a credit mm -hmm. union company, which okay. owns a bunch of money. Uh -huh. We we got the laws changed in Alabama to make it more friendly mm -hmm. to a, a banker, to mm -hmm. make it easier to get titles done for bankers to get mm -hmm. that published. So Cuddle came in the Wednesday before the, this pandemic, mm -hmm. and it, Alabama's a, 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 a state that you're going to test turning on the dealers in Alabama for individual lenders, mm -hmm. independent dealers like us. Mm -hmm. No trust in the nations get what they're going to start with us. Mm -hmm. But what wow. happens is, yeah, that just makes us get better and better and better and attract mm -hmm. more lenders. So I call it the little guy, which is 70% of our business is the little guy. That's a guy that sells three to five cars a month. Mm -hmm. he, don't have, he, he don't have anybody to look up the rules as they change, right. keep him posted. He needs somebody to help him with banks. He needs help with titles every now and then. He needs help with everything. So mm -hmm. that's what we do. We help the little guy is our biggest member. Mm -hmm. We have some huge, huge dealers. Mm -hmm. but our, our biggest growth has been of a guy selling one, two to five cars a month. Right. That's who they, they just, they need us because they don't have an accountant. They don't have a, a CPA. So we keep them doing business right. Mm -hmm. And we're just a phone call away. Like if you said, for example, if you said, Randy, I got a guy here with me selling a car today, buying a car today. His daughter is 18 and she's going away to college. I need to put the car in her name. Is that okay? And right. I say, no, I say, That's no, right. so you can't, mm -hmm. you know, because in Alabama, you can't perfect a contract with 18 year old. Right. So the next, if you sold that car to him with a dollar room and on the bill of sale, they pay cash or finance, either one. And that car got messed up and you had a, argument with them they want their money back mm -hmm. in 11 months that's right back on you never went in court mm -hmm. so what we tell you to do randy is put it in the dad's name right now exactly in 10 right. days later come back we'll put your daughter on there because right. he can put a four-year-old on there if he wants to right and i can't so little things like that we just tell our dealers we help them with the buyer's guides but we, we got several issues right now that's i call it points that we can move forward on that people may not realize mm -hmm. like the recall problem on cars mm -hmm. just because the pandemic came through and life was hard in the face the recall situation did not go away right and randy in alabama well i'm an individual a small dealer mm -hmm. or a big dealer i have to tell you if this car has open recall right i have to right. tell you right because that is as part of the law mm -hmm. and that means i can't sell a car to you it has something that can harm you. Mm -hmm. So we just show you what piece of paper to print off. Right. National Highway Safety. And you sign it, you circle the recalls where right. Randy, you're aware this car has a safety recall. Right. The best scenario is me to fix it first, but sometimes the parts are on order, they can't get to it and the customer wants the car now. Right. So that that's what we do. And that's done through a law called merchability. Right. That's a huge applies, yeah. That's a big word. Yeah. yeah. And that applies to everybody. It protects you and I. Right. If I go to go and buy an electric fan to plug up in my bedroom at night, mm -hmm. if that has an inherent problem of getting hot overheating and burning, mm -hmm. you can't sell 
that, man, I can sue the world out of you mm -hmm. because you sold me a product that you knew could harm right. my health. Right. So the portionability applies for, to everybody for our protection. So based mm -hmm. on that, we try to keep our dealers aware of the simple, easy process of showing the customer the recalls. But Randy, when you do that, and the next family get together that customer has with their family and says, oh, I like this car. And they say, yeah, the dealer showed me this, this, and this. And I'm getting my recalls completed now. And mm -hmm. the other guy says, that guy bought my car from never mentioned recalls. Right, exactly. So now in, in the economic time we're in and the shortage of used cars that we have, mm -hmm. our customers are going to have, we're going to become more important because they're going to rely on us to use our expertise to find the right vehicle, get mm -hmm. it reconditioned, and trust us in selling it to them. And then they're going to tell their family, I go see Randy over there because he's got his cars right. He takes care of He tells you what he knows. Right. You know, a used car is a used car. Right. And I tell you everything I know, and I'm an expert. That's right. I know a bit. I can hear the transmission. I watch it crank in the morning, hear the noises. So if it's got an issue, I'm going to tell you. Mm -hmm. So that, that, that right now is a great opportunity for you and I to grow. Mm -hmm. The best opportunities we ever had in our whole life. Yeah. Because the public don't have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. They need transportation in the worst way, and they need somebody they can trust to find that transportation for them. Are you an experienced car flipper who is interested in finding new paths to reaching your goals? Are you new to car flipping? and hoping to find the quickest path to success? Or do you operate a successful car dealership and recognize that sometimes an outside pair of eyes can make all the difference in getting to that next level? I'm Randy Lee, host of The Flipping Genius. I offer one-on-one -on -one consulting and coaching services to help you reach your goals. Schedule a free 20-minute face-to-face Zoom consultation with me at www.flippinggenius.com. Let's find out how I can help. That's right. Trust is, is huge. You know, and, and I, I knew that before my Bible study yesterday. I already knew it. <laughs> and uh, uh, and I, it's interesting. I, I have a, I, I, over the years, I mostly go to one auction. And over the years, I've developed friends with my competition. And, and we kind of look out for each other. And one of the guys' name is Daryl. Darrell. Darrell. You may know him. Uh, he, uh, he's been, I, I do, and I call him Daryl too. <laughs> <laughs> Darrell's been in the business for you know longer than me, and uh, and I talk a lot to him and tell him I'm not real bright because I'm not I couldn't buy this or I couldn't buy that. And he said something to me that I thought was so true. He said, "I know you're you're pretty smart because you're still here," and 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 that's that, right. That's that's a that is exactly now what what Darrell and I were talking about is just simply not making stupid decisions at the auction and buying through emotion. But but there's a lot more stupid decisions you can make <laughs> that, that will put you out of business. And the more we talk to you, Randy, the more we we learn about those. And uh, and that's that that is that's some great information there that you just talked about with the recall rules. And uh, one of the questions that. I, it's it's got to be frustrating to you uh, because you can't get every member every every dealer to join. Uh, I mean that frustrates me because I I, I see that they ought to, and uh, I, but let me ask. I want to step up, step back a step from that, and and ask you this because I, I know you know more about this than I do, um, and it's a question I get all the time 
on, on the Flipping Genius podcast is when should I get a dealer's license? When when should somebody think about becoming a dealer? Because right now they're they're you know curbstone and they're they're parking cars in front of their house. Yeah. Oh wow. That world has just changed in Alabama too. Can I elaborate on one of the rules that just changed? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. So if you want to look this up, you can Google it. Type in Alabama HB as House Bill 363. Okay. There's also an HB House Bill 364. Both of those apply to us, okay? Mm-hmm. But House Bill 363 came about because Steve Marshall about three years, two years ago, some dealers asked me why I was at a convention. They mm-hmm. said, hey, can we get a minute of that, of that uh, Attorney General's time? Mm-hmm. I said, I'll ask him. So mm-hmm. I talked to Mr. Marshall. I said, he was at the convention with us. Mm-hmm. I said, can we have breakfast with you in the morning and I'll pay for it, the association will, mm-hmm. with about 10 dealers before you leave town? And he said, yeah. So we sat down in there mm-hmm. and he wanted to know well, and just drinking coffee with a lace cross with 10 other dealers. Mm-hmm. They want to know what the dealer's problems was. And the dealers expressed taking care of the public and taking care of your and our name has been mm-hmm. car dealers are crooked. Mm-hmm. You know? So he said, explain to me that. And uh, they were explaining about people setting cars up on the side of the road. Right. They were sometimes from out of state. Right. You couldn't read their name on the bill of sale. But the customer would bring that car like to you, Randy, and say, I just bought this car a month ago. I can't get a title for it, mm-hmm. but I, it, it's, it's making a noise. Mm-hmm. And you can say, well, it's been underwater, you know. Yeah. They said, hey, don't we'll like it. Well, we'll, hey, you can show them because you and I know. Mm-hmm. Well, then they're stuck with that car because they paid what little money they had for it. Thought right. they got that super great deal, which don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And they got stuck. So mm-hmm. we expressed this to the attorney general. And he came back uh, later that summer and set a task force up. Mm-hmm. The task force was how to set up, and we call the word curb stalling. Right. Uh, that means somebody don't have a license just selling cars. Most of the people curb stalling are just people just trying to sell one or two cars a month or one a month. Right. And they're good old folks. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. But the vast majority of them, because Florida, Tennessee, Georgia, has tighter rules on curb stalling. Right. So they would bring the flood cars, the damage... For, let me give you a quick example on flood car. Mm-hmm. Year before last in Texas, they had all those floods. Right. A bunch of people, several people bought those cars from individuals. Mm-hmm. They walk up to you and say, and we had pictures of this too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Walk up people and water still up to their caves and say, this car is flooded. If you've got the title, I'll give you this much cash right now. Mm-hmm. And they bought these cars for pennies on the dollar mm-hmm. because the people needed the cash money sure. because of the flood season they went through in Texas, they took those cars to Arkansas, Nebraska, let them sit there and cleaned them up with cheap labor. Mm-hmm. Let them sit there for about four months where you forgot about floods, you forgot about hurricanes. Right. And then they would take them to auctions on the southeast. Mm-hmm. Well, some of the problems there was the auctions caught it, flood cars. You can't sell those here. So they right. stopped because you and I are not going to pay money for that. Right. So then they started bringing them to states and they'd have a friend of theirs set up and sell put four or five cars at the car wash or mm-hmm. at the service station in front of their house. Good looking right. cars. They'd pay them a couple hundred bucks for a car to mm-hmm. sell them. And somebody from Alabama would buy that car, realize eight months later they got a total piece of junk. Right. So the attorney general said, We're gonna 
through a task force because right now we're a funnel. We're getting what Texas, Oklahoma, Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi don't want in their states. Mm-hmm. They're, having, they're coming to Alabama because we have a hole in our state and it's coming right to our, to our residents. Mm-hmm. So the law was changed to protect the residents of Alabama mm-hmm. and also to protect people like you, Randy, and mm-hmm. me, because people buy those cars from crooked dealers, which right. weren't really dealers, they were curbs donors, right. and they would blame you and I for the problem, say, oh, all car dealers sell crap. Right. So that was the intent of it, and the attorney general put a lady in charge called Barbara Armstrong, mm-hmm. and we, we wanted to keep the rights for you and I to sell a car if we want to sell a car. That's, mm-hmm. that's a right we have. So we, it was a long, drawn-out process, a bunch of give-and-takes. Mm-hmm. But we did lose the wholesale license during this one. Mm-hmm. I did not want that to go away. Right. We fought hard. Matter of fact, every meeting I went to, I stood up and expressed my reasons to keep a wholesale license. Because mm-hmm. I can't go to the auction every week and buy cars. And this wholesaler may buy cars for 10 people. Right, and he'll say, "Oh, Randy Jones likes that car. Oh, Randy Lee likes that car. Right, oh, he may have a little Camry coming up for eleven hundred bucks." He say, "You know, boom, he buys it for you." Right, that's what we're looking for. So, I thought the importance of a wholesaler was great, but mm-hmm. the state and I lost that argument. Mm-hmm. That's one of the few things we ever lost in Montgomery. Mm-hmm. But on the same part, on the individual selling cars out of their yard to protect the public and to protect you and I. Mm-hmm. The individual in Alabama always had the right to sell five cars. Right. It wasn't six, it was five. Okay. Okay, without buying a dealer license. Okay. The problem was we still had people that from other states, up New York and Massachusetts and Maryland, uh-huh. that would bring cars here and sell them, and they weren't even residents of our state, mm-hmm. but they made a good living, so they, they'd be here for six months. Then they'd be in Mobile. Then they'd be in Dothan. They moved around, but they, it was like a it was a good plan to make money and take advantage of our people in right. Alabama. So they would sell a car that wasn't right mm-hmm. and you couldn't trace it back down. I have people come by my office a lot and say, I bought this car and now I can't get a title for it or it's, it's got a problem. So right. when we can track those folks down, we change the rules. Mm-hmm. So I can still sell five cars in Alabama without a license. Mm-hmm. The first big rule change is it has to be in my name. Exactly. Yeah. And I had to buy a tag for it one time. Right. Okay. So I got a car. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. You know, or I piddled it and uh, I'm going to put my tag on my other car and I'm going to sell it. Right. So I can set that car in front of my house mm-hmm. or I can take that car to a parking sale. Now, if I take that car to a parking sale, the rule, the new rule starting in October, he'll have to have an affidavit from me, a copy of my driver's license mm. saying this car is Randy Jones's. Mm-hmm. He just don't want to come into his house. Mm-hmm. So I can sell the car. So when the state inspects it, everything's in line. Mm-hmm. So if the car's not in my name, he can't take my driver's license picture or nothing. Mm-hmm. So th- that's one of the big things that changed. So sure. when you sell five cars in your name, uh, when you sell the five cars in your name, at that point, the state's going to send you a letter and say, Randy, it's time to get your data license. Right. Okay. So the state will cars. tell you. So that's a long way to answer that question. Right. But that's how you know when, you, when the state sends you a letter and says, you've sold your limit now. Mm-hmm. You've got to buy a dealer license. Hello, flippers. Hey, 
I had a hunch when Randy Jones and I got together, it would be a treasure trove of ideas, insights, and advice. However, I'm trying to keep these episodes as close to 30 minutes as possible so you can go make some money. So I'm going to wrap up this episode right now, but Randy and I will be back in episode 19 with the second half of this conversation. And man, it is good. You will not want to miss it. Check out our website at flippinggenius1g.com. That's flippinggenius.com. Later this week, we'll have show notes, including links to some of what Randy has mentioned. And two more things. Number one, I'm going to take a short break to pay a bill with an introduction to a sponsor of ours that very well could make you some money. And after that, after that break, it's just a short break, I'm going to give you a secret password to send to get a free copy of this month's Flipping Genius newsletter that goes out to our Flipping team members and partners. It's called The Flip. And remember, you just have to listen for about 30 seconds more after this break. And and also remember, remember this. Let's work together. Let's make some money. Let's all become Flipping Geniuses. Okay, I promised. The Flip is the official newsletter of the Flipping Genius Podcast. It only goes out to the Flipping team members and partners, but I promise. So here's the deal. Send an email to me requesting the flip and include your name and what city you would like us to open our next Flipping Genius Used Cars Facebook group. Email it to flippingquestions at gmail.com. That's the deal. Email it to flippingquestions at gmail.com. I'm Brad Johns, unbelievably successful author, writer, novelist, playwright, poet, essayist, columnist, bard, speaker, influencer, thought leader, entrepreneur, unbelievably successful business owner, startup creator, angel investor, and professional underwater Zumba instructor. I started The Brad Johnson Show because I knew it was time to give back. There are so many people out there, just like you, who seriously messed up lives. My life is perfect, and I have all the answers. So now I'm saying you're welcome. I didn't have to share my knowledge with you, but I will. But I am. So listen to The Brad Johnson Show anywhere you get podcasts. Seriously, we're everywhere.